Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Please feel free to share the podcast. We always appreciate that. Heck, maybe even want to take the time to great to give us a great rating. That's always awesome. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm about to get the hell out of Dodge, man. Yeah. Going yeah, to... I'm taking a little vacay after little, this. A little drivable vacay. A little drivable vacay tonight. It's uh, it's a little harder for me to do that with uh, wife and kids. Yeah. To just pick up and go. It is. I'm just picking up and going just because yeah. I'm tired of being here right now. I understand. Uh, all right. So we got a couple uh, talking points here, right, that we're going to start out with? Yeah. Well, let's start out with... Um, let's see. Well, let's just do a little quick housekeeping get this stuff out of the way. Nebraska freshman wide receiver Marcus Fleming no longer with the team. That's now the fifth member of the 2020 recruiting class. Four of those were four stars, one a three-star. Purdue wide receiver Ahmad Anderson entered the transfer portal today. Now, he was originally a Rutgers uh, commit, so look for Shiano to go after him. He was a high three-star, four-star-ish guy out of the New York area, so, you know, probably... Good chance he goes back home, so take uh, be be on the lookout for that. IU quarterback Michael Penix, of course, tore another wow. ACL. Well, he tore the same ACL. It's the same one he tore when he's a freshman. So he's out for the rest of the year. That's horrible for the the Hoosiers. Of course, we got the Northwestern at Minnesota game canceled due to forty seven positive tests for the presence of coronavirus in Minnesota players and coaches. Also, Maryland at Michigan game canceled due to Michigan having some positive coronavirus tests. Um, so back to the uh, original players leaving. Uh, be careful with mercurial wide receivers from out of state. I yeah, mean, and th- that's the thing. And, and it is for the Nebraska guys. Are all of those guys the Florida guys? I think or all those guys five? are for Florida guys. Yes, um, I think all five of those are Florida guys. I think so. Maybe one was a Texas guy. No, that's no. I think they were all Florida guys. Okay, but yeah, I mean, it, there's something to be said about. You know, going a long way from home. Yeah. Different type of people, different weather, you know. All those things. You're 18 years old. and the success of the program. I mean, all of those things. And I'm not just saying Nebraska. Everywhere, that's the case. Um, Interesting to point with Nebraska, though. The wide receiver in that class that they were very, you know, excited about. A lot of those guys, they're excited about. The guy that's probably doing the best is Xavier Betts. Who's from? Yeah, he's from right there in Nebraska, I, right? I just think that makes a difference. Right. Yeah. No, it does. I mean, and that's, you know, a disadvantage for teams like Nebraska, like Iowa, that don't have a huge recruiting base, is you have to recruit guys out of state. You you can't rely on just in-state. So It's a balance. It is. Yeah. Um, so then the last uh, one of the points you talked about was obviously with uh, Michigan game being canceled. This brings in all kinds of jeopardy here. Uh Ohio State does not have a game to give right now, so they're going to play this weekend. Knock on wood that that'll happen, but they need another game to qualify for the Big Ten Championship at that point. Um, We talked about how it could come down to Michigan and Harbaugh. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet went went. A little postal. So I didn't hear his full comment. Yeah, I mean, he just flat out said. I have talked to coaches and they believe there are football programs that are dodging football games so that they can essentially dodge a whooping. And that's what he threw out there. Now he kind of walked it back a little bit afterwards. Cause I think he got some heat, but 
obviously what they were throwing out there to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan football program specifically is that maybe they're not playing so they can screw with Ohio State. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the conspiracy theory that we had kind of come up with a week or two ago, right? right? The potential of that ha- of it, of their of Ohio State's season being in the hands of Michigan that last week. So that's interesting that he says that. So I, he, Herbie's not going to say something like that unless he's heard a lot of rumblings. He's not just going to say that because one coach said, oh, I think that team is dodging us. Crazy. Right? And I'm not yeah. saying it's Michigan, but – and I don't know. Was he specifically saying it was Michigan? Uh, they were talking about Michigan right at the time, and then he brought it up. So Interesting. Um, so then – what could possibly happen here? I mean, this does not look good for the game, Michigan, Ohio State. So we got two things going on. I mean, say what you want about how one side of this rivalry is. Michigan, Ohio State, the last weekend of the Big Ten season, that's the that's the Big Ten conference. It has been for years. We'll be right if they don't play it. Right? I mean, we'll feel right. That alone. And then the other side of it is is there a potential where a different team, a different sure. Big Ten team, could fill in for Michigan that's had, you know, bye weeks or off weeks or whatever so that Ohio State could get to, you know, the minimum requirement. Which would be interesting because that's going to bring us to another point. But Tim Shoemaker at Tim Shoemaker asked on Twitter, will OSU be allowed to sub another Big Ten team if Michigan cancels? They could play potentially Maryland because they hadn't played them yet. And you at that point, you could have Nebraska play Rutgers or Nebraska could play Ohio State again, which I don't think we want to see them play that game. A second time, I'd rather see them play Maryland a first time. But why would you accommodate Ohio State when you weren't accommodating Nebraska earlier in the year? Because you want Ohio <laughs> State to get to the college football playoffs. Is that fair? <laughs> I don't think it's fair, but this is life. I don't. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I sat down to try to have my mind made up on this. I guess if I'm saying it like a fan. Right. I mean, we, we have a Big Ten football specific podcast yeah. because we like Big Ten football and watching it. I want it to happen because I want to see Ohio State get in the college football sure, playoff. Of course. So I do want to see it happen. Selfishly, I want to see it happen, too. But it would be a slap in the face to Nebraska. Both are true at the same time. Yeah. OK, so let's say let's go. Let's talk about Barry Alvarez. He was asked um, if the Big Ten could potentially change the requirements for the title game. And he said, I would think that if something would happen to OSU, Ohio State, and they'd have to cancel another game that that's something we'd, we would have to revisit. They're sitting up there still ranked at number four. Our league can't keep them from having the opportunity if they have a chance to be in the finals. He was asked a, a follow-up question. Is that an athletic director-level decision? Yeah, we meet weekly. Those things we discuss. Uh, we make some adjustments on that last week, or we may make some adjustments on that last week. That's sort of flexible week for scheduling. Those are things we talk about and certainly – you've got to consider or reconsider. So he's basically saying, first of all, that's a slap in the face to Kevin Warren. Well, I was, you just, you just synced it up exactly what I was going to say. Number one. Wow. Kevin Warren, I guess you're just letting Barry Alvarez make the decisions for the conference right <laughs> Commissioner now. Commissioner Alvarez. There he is. I mean, we joke about Commissioner Alvarez. This sounds more like a co- big 10 commissioner Absolutely. than what Kevin Warren's doing right I mean, now. Had, How is this statement not coming from Kevin Warren? I don't know. I mean, once do again, you, do you really think Greg Sankey, would allow that to somebody? No way. <laughs> Do you think Jim Delaney would have let that happen? No. Bob Bullsby, we could go on. It's insane. I, I can't believe that we just don't hear from the guy. I, is, I mean, what is if, he doing? I, I realize this is a tough year to walk into, but he does not help himself at all. Correct. I mean, you've got to come out and make statements. You have to tell us what you're thinking, especially when things like this are going on. Just crickets. 
insane. And the guy's not even in Chicago still, from what I from what I know. So crazy. Uh, speaking of the college football playoff, the Big Ten has the most teams of any conference ranked in the college football playoff with five. Um, certainly, the Big Ten is a little messy. I, I don't think we can get away from that. Sure. Uh, the SEC has four teams. I don't know. I guess the point I try to make is the SEC has four top-level teams. Yep. Okay? Or three and another one, maybe. Um, but all we ever have heard about is the, the bloodbath that is the SEC. Sure. I don't think that's what we're seeing this year. In, in a year where they only play themselves. Right. Ba- basically, what's happened, they've got a bunch of meh teams yep. and two or three just awful teams. I mean, Vanderbilt's one of the worst Power 5 teams in the country. I, I mean, they might actually have it wrapped up by themselves right now. Yeah, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Something worth, worth mentioning, I thought. Okay, so we were talking about Nebraska a little bit, right? I just want to preface this by saying, okay. hey, Nebraska, Nebraska fans, listeners, we don't want to have to talk about this stuff all the time. You kind of just keep giving us things to talk about here. Well, they do, but I don't know if – Let's go back to early in the season when they wanted to play UT Chattanooga. That's not. I don't blame. I don't blame them for wanting to play UT Chattanooga. There has been no comments by me or you on the podcast or in Twitter. We have supported Nebraska's right to want to play football the entire time. This is no exception. Okay. Well, so maybe we start with this one then. Okay. With I don't want to say their names, but the the the, the, the usual suspects, the journalist whose last name sounds like hack and then <laughs> the the other guy yeah who sounds like farty right okay. yep they they were bashing nebraska again uh, like i think i guess i gotta say his name 40s tweet was nebraska's one and four that was his whole tweet that's it and i boy that that's that's hard-hitting journalism right there and and i tweeted back to him your nebraska takes are owen 100 which was fantastic I applauded that that tweet. I mean, it, it, like he said that after the Iowa loss. So as an Iowa fan, and, you know, this is a rival, I should take, you know, enjoyment from that. But I do not because I have to have some moral ground to stand on. That is stupid. Like I can't sit there as a college football fan and enjoy that because it's just such a lazy, dumb take. And, you know, I guess Twitter is a different platform than actual, like, print journalism. But, come on, don't you have to have a little more professionalism I, than I, that? I don't, see, I don't see Kirk Herbstreit doing that stuff. He, and doesn't, this, he, doesn't, nope. he doesn't go at specific programs like that. Like, because, you know, I know, because Kirk Herbstreit, like, I don't love everything the guy says. There's nobody, no. I, there's nobody I love everything they say. But, above all, he's a college football fan. Yeah. He supports the sport. And that's what this all comes back to. The reason... 40 and our hack are against Nebraska is because they wanted to play football. That's, that's the genesis of this, their anger. And, and they're, they get paid to cover college football. That's the part that just blows my mind. Just amazing levels of hypocrisy out of them. Unreal. Yeah. Okay. So since we're talking about Nebraska, (laughs) I'm not sure if this was, if it was Husk guys that originated this, is he the one that found it? He's like, I've I've seen it bouncing around before, but I think maybe Husk guys got it up and out. Yeah, and he's got a big following, so I guess that's when it started getting some momentum. But one of our great buddies, friends of the show, at Husk Guys, pointed out, he tweeted, through five games, 341 Nebraska offensive plays, they have been called for holding 10 times, which sounds kind of a lot, but... No, that's... I actually heard... 
a different podcast that said they did the data on that and they're right along the lines with are they yeah okay well anyway but 377 defensive snaps that they've played nebraska opponents have been called for zero holding calls but it goes deeper than that and i i was trying to find the graph here as as we were talking through the opening i can't find it but uh, this guy bug eater at ahoma 72 did a deeper dive than that and he went to the last time each team was called for holding do you have that graph I do not. Okay. But I, I remember the graph in my head, but here's here's the synopsis of the graph. If you if you know what a bar graph looks like, a bar goes up, a bar goes down, one's a little bit higher, one's a little bit lower. All other thirteen teams were pretty even. You yeah. know, there was a couple some that were pretty high, some yep. were pretty low. But the mean was all So in the there. mean was eighty nine plays. Eighty nine plays um since your opponent has been called for holding. Correct. Okay, that was the average for Big Ten teams. Yep. Just Big Ten teams. Yep. It had been 574 plays since Nebraska's opponent had been called for holding. The next closest team was like 274. Less than half. It's bizarre. There's it is, something there. It's bizarre. And I was trying to come up with logical explanations for this, like you know, teaching of technique and... I don't. I just can't come up with anything. I don't have the answers here. Okay, um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Captain Bug Eater, and he said, "I wonder." And this was a thought I had had myself, and then he tweeted it out and stole my thunder. But I'm trying to give him props here. Um, I did have this thought in my head. Did this get enough traction and eyeballs on it in Twitter this week? Where the Big Ten Conference is like, oh, we should probably call. Oh, there's going to be a holding call. You think so? That's oh yeah. Should, okay, should we set an over under? How many? How many? Uh, uh, how many possessions? Plays? Possessions. Possess. Okay. Plays. plays? Or pos- I think we will plays. Okay. How many plays will <clears throat> Purdue run on offense before they get a holding call? I'm gonna go with. So this is the over under. Uh, like 25 ish. 25 on there. That's that's good. Okay. Okay. I will. I will take the under. I think I'm going under as well. Okay, I'll take the over just for, just okay. for fun. Okay. <laughs> right, so but but it is going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I would almost like to prop bet this thing. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, so then I, so I'm going to probably to a certain degree talk out of two sides of my mouth. But this, this is one thing I want to say. I do not believe there is a Big Ten-wide conspiracy theory by all officiating crews that they've gotten an edict from <laughs> the Big Ten conference to not call holding – Calls on on Nebraska opponents. I don't. I, I can't, so. I can't. I can't accept that. But hold on. But think about this year and how much they annoyed Kevin Warren. But, but here's the other thing. <laughs> this isn't the first time they've had this stat like this. Well, yeah. There there was I've, a previous. I one did that was see like, like a this. deeper dive that that went like back maybe several years. Yes. Yeah. So this we've been here before. But again, because could this possibly be? We need like an offensive line and defensive line coach here right now to to talk through it. Like, yeah. how is this possible? Like, there are times where there are just statistical anomalies. That's how I view this. So, but with that being said, I don't blame Nebraska fans for having a heavy dose of skepticism on this. So I I don't I don't completely shut them out. But like. Now this is, you know, speaking of the Huskies, okay, this is now bleeding over into their just outright 
hatred of the Big Ten. Sure, which has been that's been gaining momentum from Nebraska fans this whole season. But it was there before. It was, this, but I think it's getting worse. If, if a if a Nebraska fan, you know, is a forty seven year old Nebraska fan, okay, he has plenty of memories in his life of Nebraska football in the Big Twelve during that time. Okay, when he was a twenty year old man. I guarantee you he hated the Big Ten. He he was sure. brought up to despise yeah, of other conferences that weren't the Big 12, and I would put the Big Ten at the top of the heap for conferences that they dislike. You can't just shut that off after no. years and years. So there's nope. always that little dormant, I hate this conference, yeah. bubbling underneath the surface for Nebraska fans. Now this summer, rightfully so, crap went down that they weren't going to get to play football. They went nuts. We supported Nebraska yep. fans for that. Then the season starts and we got this stuff going on. So speaking of the Husk guys, this is, uh, I mean, there's 400 votes at this point. If, if we could choose which conference would you most like to play in the big 12 is by far first with 62% of the votes and the big 10 second with 24 sec and ACC with, I, but like I, I would this just, is getting to this is where it gets a little ridiculous. Well, though. I would say that there's a lot of Husker fans that have short memories because they wanted desperately out of the Big 12 because they could not stand the University of Texas. It was, And they had reason to believe that. I don't, I don't blame them for wanting out, but the, that wasn't that long ago that they could not wait to get out of the Big 12. I understand also that they haven't enjoyed their time in the Big 10 conference, but I think that has a lot to do with how they've played yeah. inside the Big Ten of course. conference. I think to a certain degree, like not completely, obviously the conference has had something to do with it, but their play that they've had in the last, you know, since they've joined the Big Ten, if they somehow in, in some, you know, parallel universe that we talk about a lot, if they played like this but they were still in the Big 12, they would also be struggling in the Big yes, 12. I think so. But I do think the Big Ten has had something to do with it, if, if at least – a cultural change recruiting stuff like that. But again, like I get the frustration, but y you start to lose me when you're just double middle fingers to the entire big 10 <laughs> right. conference, all the fans, the like, so uh, the reality is you're not going to go back to the big 12. I mean, we're mostly talking about th this is, you know, we're it's done. It's a done deal. So yeah. if you leave the big 10, what are you going to do? I, I don't know. Go independent. Unless yeah. you join a conference, play BYU every year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But it was kind of fun to talk about then. It was. Right? Husk guys, good job this week. By yeah, the they way. always give us, they've gotten, given us a lot of stuff to oh, talk boy. about. Yeah. All right, should we get into games? Yes, sir. Okay. So, of course, we have got five games. Um, six had pretty much been the average, I think, on the year, but with two games canceled this weekend, uh, uh, Michigan and, uh, help me out here, uh, uh, well, Michigan, uh, Maryland, right? Michigan, Maryland canceled. And then Minnesota Northwestern, Northwestern canceled. Are two games canceled. So unfortunately, we won't be covering those this week anyway. So the next thing I want to say is it's weird, right? Uh, there's, I mean, this year has obviously definitely thrown it off, but there's like some sort of like internal clock, or I guess in this in this case, it would be an internal schedule that that you have during the year and. College football for Big Ten fans pretty much ends the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yep. But here we are with two more weeks, actually three more weeks yep. after Thanksgiving. It feels weird. Oh, it's strange. Um, I was trying to come up with a comparison. It's like if you see a girl that's got really way too big fake boobs, you know it's not right. It's not supposed to be like that. Sure. But you're going to watch But you still anyway. enjoy it. You're going to watch it anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's not bad. 
<laughs> All right, so we have got three games at the 11 o'clock, a.k.a. noon time slot. First one up, the 4-0, number four-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes going to the 2-3 and Michigan State Spartans. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on ABC. Line, Buckeyes by 24 and a half. Over-under is 60, so basically Vegas is saying a 42-17 to Ohio State victory. Weather, we are looking at pretty chilly, about 35 degrees, but otherwise clear. The thing that sticks out immediately to me about this game is the MSU defense, how they've been finding themselves this year. I feel like right now we've kind of got your traditional MSU defense, like on all three levels, right? And I think part of that is obviously rounding into the coaching staff. They had some injuries at some point, too. I think maybe they're getting a little bit healthier. I mean, it sure seems like Antoine Simmons is healthier. That guy's all over the field. He's healthy. Noah Harvey, but Shakur Brown, um, Panashuk on the defensive line, Naquan Jones, they're just playing good defensive football at all three levels. I agree. I do think who they've played yeah. has played into it. I mean, I know Northwestern is a very good football team, but, but they're dead last right now, I think, in overall offense. So it's not like they they have played a fan. <laughs> I know. It's not like they have played. That was just grinding Vickers, my teeth over Vickers here grounded, grinding his teeth um, so obviously you know again Northwestern a couple opponents you can go before that I mean these haven't been fantastic opponents they've, they've gone that's against fair. so that, that's part of it um, but I one thing I am interested to see is like of all the things that me and you say about Northwestern one thing you never say about them is that there's any issues with their defense and their run defense has been very good but holy cow, Michigan State ran the ball really well last week. Again, I'm going to say right. that is one of the oddest statistical anomalies that I never would have expected going into a game. Did did Michigan State find something? Yeah, the ball? I mean, they might have because it's a good point. Nobody runs against Northwestern. So why, why the heck does Michigan State all of a sudden? So you sit there and you think, well, but they're not going to do it against Ohio State. Well, I mean, well, but Ohio State has a good run do. defense. The point I'm trying to make is if you can run the ball versus Northwestern, you, you can, can run it against anybody. Okay. I think. That, is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Yeah. But here's, here's the thing. Ohio State is dead last in the conference in defensive pass yards per game. So that gets flips to the other side. I mean, this is not – this still isn't a passing attack for Michigan State that I'm like – very nervous about if I'm a if I'm a opposing defensive no 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 they're no, a no. one trick pony in that you're gonna they gotta hit you deep they gotta yes. touch you deep correct because if if Rocky Lombardi, but I think they can they can do that to Ohio State they better because well, that's, they're gonna have to do it a lot if they want to win that's that's where the points are gonna have to come from for Michigan State on the flip side Ohio State's offense is still Ohio State's offense Justin Fields is still Justin Fields I mean right now they're getting dogged by because of a close win versus Indiana. Sure. An Indiana defense that has been good all year. Oh, yeah. Correct? How many points did they put up against Indiana? A lot. Yep. 42 of them. Correct. Right? So they've already faced a good defense. They looked pretty good. Well, now, yeah, so you got to – if you're Michigan State, you got to outscore Ohio State. And that's just, They're not built to do that. That right? just does not seem possible to I me. mean, I'm not saying it's – well, I'm not saying it's impossible they win. It's just so hard to – for me to envision a Michigan State victory here. Let me ask you a Just because of style of play, the style two Style of play, all those things. Let me ask you a couple questions. Yeah. Does Ohio State want to get to the college football playoffs? Oh, yeah. Uh, does Ohio State know for sure right now that they have the resume to do that? No. 
No, they got. What would be something that could help Ohio State out? A, a SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a hungry. They wanted to play last week. Got to rest. Ryan Day now has two weeks. That's a good point. To they, look at game got rest. Oh boy. Uh, boy, this and, is not a good spot for Michigan State to be catching Ohio State. No, it's not. And and um, Ohio State, I'm, I keep wondering, like, is it too late? Are they just are who they are on defense, or can they actually come together and start playing good defense? I would like to point out. <laughs> Indiana did not put up any of those points and a lot of those yards till late in the game. I I know this this gets overstated enough, but I I do think Ohio State's defense lacked a little bit of focus late in that game and it almost stung them. I don't think there's going to be any lack of focus by Ohio State at any level. Coaching, offense, defense, special teams in this game, you are going to get an angry Buckeye squad. Okay. Right? I, I think you've got a little bit of a motivated Michigan State squad, like an inspired, like devil con- may care, building confidence Michigan State team. You know what sometimes stops confidence like that? Getting your ass kicked. <laughs> 21 quick, <laughs> quick points by Ohio State. So is there a game in here I could see where Michigan State muddies it up? Certainly. This is college football. I can see it. I just think all the things I talked about with Ohio State, them being hungry and ready to go. I've got Ohio State 49, Michigan State 13. That's actually just a slight over, but a pretty easy Buckeye cover on the 24. Okay, I'm going a different direction. I think they do muddy it up a little bit, Michigan State. I just can't see, like I said, any scenario where they can really win this game. It's just hard to envision that. So I'm going Ohio State 38, Sparty 14. That's a push, and that's an under. Okay. Wow. Just landed on the score, and it wound up being pushed. Correct. Okay, I understand. All right, next game up. I don't know. Call me crazy, but this might be one of my most favorite games to watch on the whole card this week. One and four, Nebraska traveling into West Lafayette to play two and three, Purdue. 11 o'clock a.m. game on Big Ten Network. This line is the Boilermakers by two and a half. Over-under is 62.5. That's the highest over-under on the card this week. Uh, so basically Vegas is saying a 33 to 30 game Purdue, roughly 85% of the money is on Nebraska though. Interesting enough weather. I think we're going to be pretty good with the weather, a little chilly, 40 degrees, but otherwise clear. All right. So we know that Nebraska kind of leans on their rush offense, right? Yes. Do you know that their one, two and three leading rushers are non running backs? So quarterback, quarterback, are you not counting Wandale as a running back? Correct. You're, you're counting me as a flex. Yes. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, it's obviously a fair assessment with uh, Martinez and McCaffrey. I mean, one, he he's kind of wound up being. I guess he's a running, running back. backy, but it's a fair enough point. Now, interesting enough, Dedrick Mills is coming back. Well, this week, I don't I'm, know. Okay, I didn't hear not, that for sure. I okay. was trying to find that out, and I did not get definitive information that yes he indeed was coming back the the rest of the running backs are all freshmen behind him yeah they're they're just i've i see flashes of talent it's they're just not confident runners yeah they're not and i think part of that is is the offensive line just isn't rounding into into form yet um so purdue can't run the ball nebraska doesn't stop the ball on the ground very well purdue has number one pass offense in the conference Nebraska, not bad on pass D, number six in the conference. Okay. So I, I think those are the matchups to look for. But I think you could just keep going. There's matchups all over this place. So, you know, 
Nebraska has not had a strong rushing defense this year, but they looked pretty nope. good last week. That's right. Versus Iowa. Now, certainly the game plan was to stop the Iowa rushing attack. So that's not going to be the game plan this week. No. I mean, I would think the number one game plan for uh, for Nebraska this week versus Purdue's offense is disruption, getting into the backfield, sure. causing sacks, causing you know tip balls, uncomfortableness, general uncomfortableness for the quarterback. If that's the case, does that then leave the back end open for big plays? You have seen that out of Nebraska's defense oh, this boy. year as far as passing defense. Especially with those. It's been feast or fam. Especially those wide receivers. My They're goodness. all over the place. Yeah. Um, so who plays quarterback for Purdue? We don't really know that yet, but we do know that George Karlaftis is not going to be there. We also know Derek Barnes is going to be out for the first half. Yeah, that's a big deal. I, this, Yeah, I, I think that's a huge deal. I mean, yeah. I think... I to me that means Nebraska's got to take advantage of them early because he is just so good. He is all over the field. So you're saying first half, put some points up on the board, get aggressive, and so how do you do that if you're Nebraska's offense? Boy, I mean you got you got to run the quarterback. Okay. I just hate to say it. You got to, but is that the way to beat a passing offense? If just run the ball with your quarterback, run yes. the ball with the quarterback. I mean, right now you're at the tail end of the season. I'm not saying you just run your quarterback out there until he's bloody and limping back. That's kind of what they have to do, though. But but you kind of have to do that. And you got two of them. So I, I'm just saying, I I agree. Get this is a a broken down Purdue defense. By the way, a Purdue defense that's coordinated by Bobby Disco. Bobby Disco, formerly the defensive coordinator at Nebraska. At that's Nebraska. a good storyline. Yeah. And as Nebraska fans have pointed out this week. Bobby Disco and Scott Frost have a little bit of of history. When Scott Frost was at UCF and Bobby Disco was at UConn, right? Was it UConn? Yeah, I think he was at UConn. UConn. That's I was right. at UConn yeah. and UMass. No, I it, was, think it, was it was UConn. Bobby Disco tried to make a rivalry and actually made up a trophy. UCF spanked UConn and just left the trophy. <laughs> Boy, that's a... I did not know that one. I'm almost positive that's a true story. Gosh, make it up a trophy. That's something right there. So anyways, we got a little bit of uh, history here. By the way, I the heard... strain, baby, the strain, the strain. So that's what I was going to say. I just heard I watched that interview just today. About the strain, do you feel? Are you feeling the strain, or is it just me? Boy, he, he's, he's a unique boy. That person. was such an uncomfortable. It, it, like honestly, I don't watch it that often when I see the video pop up because it's so <laughs> it's so uncomfortable to watch. Um, okay, so if there's a blowout in this game, that'll be a first for Purdue. All five games coming into this have been decided by one point or less. Okay. Purdue loves to play uh, close games. They've lost three coming into this <clears> game. Purdue or Nebraska has lost two straight coming into this game. Somebody's got to get a win. With that being said, you know, Purdue playing all the close games. Couldn't you really see about anything happen in this game? Absolutely. Okay. Like, because let me speak for you. Do you really have a lot of confidence picking this game one way or the other? No. Okay. But I do have a feeling about it. A feel. Okay. I have a feel. You might have more than feel. me. Then. Might have more than me. I. Because look at what Nebraska's done. They they played like garbage against Illinois. They played like they played great against Iowa. So who is the real team here? And and can we get the Iowa focus? Th that was a more focused team last week versus Iowa, but also such a different team they're playing in Purdue. There you go. And you second uh, uh, second time on the road now, two weeks in a row. Okay. I know the crowd's not in the it still matters flying a little and, bit yeah, and, and sure. going someplace. That is you, you hit the nail on the head of something I want to bring up. This will they will they be a focused team? 
we don't know. We haven't seen it, right? No, I don't, we haven't I don't really know seen if it. I've but seen two great uh, efforts by Nebraska two weeks in a row. Okay, but I'm not impressed with the focus of Purdue this year either. I agree. They've they're they've lost three in a row coming in this game. Yeah. And, but, they, and they've, you know, um, actually Dustin Schutte pointed this out. He had a tweet this week, hot take. I, does it hurt the Purdue offense that they try to force it so much to Rondale Moore? And I've had that thought myself. I agree. I agree. And uh, along those lines, if it becomes obvious that Nebraska is doing whatever they can to disrupt the passing attack, is that where we see Xander Horvath right. come in? I could see like Xander Horvath. All of Horvath. a sudden, there's, there's a regression to the mean with Nebraska's rush defense yes. versus could, would he wind up being the X factor in this well, game? I think that is definitely possible. For sure. And also the passing outlet for, for the quarterback. I mean, he's a great okay. two-tool guy, right? So have we gotten to the point why this is, <laughs> this is an intriguing game? Oh, it's a great game, yeah. yeah. I mean, very interested to watch it. I don't know if this will be in the one or two-hole for me for the 11 o'clock games, but it'll be fun to watch. What do you got? Okay, I just have a feeling after watching Nebraska last week play a good game against Iowa that they are in a good place right now. I have not been impressed all year with Purdue. I think they play a lot of sloppy football. I, I just don't th- – I mean, it's getting colder. You're not going to be able to just – Toss the ball all over the place. So I do like Nebraska to win this game. I like Nebraska 33-31 to 31 to cover and get the over. Okay. There was a time where my breakdown that you just did would have been exact. Mm-hmm. I would have said the exact same thing. And you, anybody listening to this predicting it will understand that I always take a stance on the over-under or line either way. If I get really close, that means I am not confident. That's how I feel about this game. So all the things you said apply. With that being said, you know, Jeff Brom has kind of had Scott Frost's number the last two years. Yeah, he has, for so, sure. Or maybe it was just last year, but it, it... I think it was last two, right? I think I think it was. Yeah, no, it's two. It's two it's years two in, in a row. row. Yeah. That has played into it for me, along with I need to see Nebraska get back up and be focused and play a clean game. They, they, yep. they not only have to be focused like they were at Iowa, they have to play clean. As well. I mean, Purdue beat Iowa, you know, like that plays into it a little bit. So I've got Purdue 30, Nebraska 28. So that's a Nebraska cover by a half a point. Buyer beware. A very slight under. And obviously, as I said, a slight Nebraska cover. All right. Next game up, the one in five Penn State Nittany Lions going into Piscataway to take the two and four red hot red scarlet Knights. This is 11 o'clock AM game on FS one uh, Nittany lions favored by 11 and a half over under is 54. So that is basically saying a 33 to 21 Penn state game. 89% of the money is on Penn state. Wow. From the website that I looked at. No kidding. That's why I brought it up. Cause that surprised me too. Weather. Okay. Oh, yeah. Didn't see the weather. So we're recording this, you know, two days before. So this could, but for for any of you, uh, uh, you know, betters out there, right now we are looking at 45 degrees, wind, rain, and I mean, we got like a 90% chance of rain and 15 to 25 mile per hour winds. Boy. Looks abysmal. Wow. Yeah. That. Mm. It's know, something I, to think about. Okay, so Noah Vedral and left tackle Raekwon O'Neal should play in this game. So that's good news. That's huge news for the Scarlet Knights. So I thought this was interesting. I was looking at the conference stats today. Penn State, number seven rush offense. Rutgers, number nine rush defense Okay, in yards per game. 
Rutgers, number eight, rush offense. Penn State, number seven, rush defense. Okay. Really, really matched up evenly on the ground. Although through the air, Penn State, number five, pass offense. Rutgers, number 13, pass D. Rutgers, number seven, pass offense. Penn State, number two, pass D. Did you know that? Wow. It's understandable. Okay. Yeah. Those are those are some fun little we're deep enough in this season where those stats matter. That's why I wanted to look at that. Yeah. Like the first few games, yeah, you can throw a bunch of stuff out. Yeah. But we've 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 we played enough pigskin to start using that stuff. And I'm using all per, per game, yards per game, because yeah. everyone's played different numbers of games. But I th- I feel like this could be a dogfight here. Yeah. I okay. do. I do. I, and I mean, I'm not sure I feel about the weather. Who 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 does that weather help? I, I mean would, I th- I feel like I would say Penn State. You think Penn State? Well, they are. They still have, I think, a pretty good defense, right? It's well, they do. Defense. I mean, yeah. I just said the numbers. Stats are good. They're pretty good. Um, their their passing attack is not going to be their go-to way to move the ball necessarily. I mean, obviously, they love to get the ball to Dotson. He he's an absolute stud. My other thing is this: last week, how did Penn State win? They won by not playing. Shitty. That's all they won. Yeah. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't have a crazy amount of turnovers. Did Has the message finally gotten through to the team? Where Just it's play like, within yourself, and you're good enough where you're going to beat the team. Do your job. Most of the time. Do your job. Just do your deal. job. Stop trying to be Superman. That is the thing that I am most interested in uh, with Penn State. On the other side of it, I mean, Rutgers has no pressure. This is, nope. this is just a... Fun year to play football for the Scarlet Knights. They gained confidence with a win against Purdue, but meanwhile, Penn State gained confidence with a win against Michigan. I would. It's a part gain confidence, maybe even a bigger part, just getting the winless monkey off the back. Well, monkey's off the back for okay. sure. But but there's two ways that could go. The winless monkey is off your back. Now you play loose and good. The winless monkey is off my back. Eh, let's just get done with this season. They still don't have much to play for. And I feel like I feel like Rutgers does have a lot to play for. Definitely. And if you beat Penn State. Oh my gosh. Imagine the season you can look back at and say you had. We won three games. We beat Penn State. We we beat Michigan State. We took Michigan into double overtime. Should have beat Michigan. Should, yeah. yeah. And then we one. beat Penn State. I mean, we're that like that's what I think Rutgers is playing for. I know. I think they're motivated. <laughs> I think so too. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I mean, I'm all right. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Yep. I got Rutgers winning this game, twenty-seven to twenty-four. So easy Rutgers cover, obviously, and that's an under. I got Rutgers twenty-one, Penn State twenty. No way. I had a. <laughs> I figured you would pick Rutgers to win. I mean, you went through the stats, okay? I mean, obviously, this this is what swayed me. I was going to pick a close Penn State win mm-hmm. as of two days ago. Then I saw the forecast, okay? Rutgers can't they can't stop the pass. I don't know if anybody's throwing the ball. No, probably here. not. So if you turn into the game and it winds up being just fine conditions, I'm tr- I'm kind of hedging myself here. I understand that, but I would swing back to Penn State. I I'm going to wait until we're closer to kickoff to, to potentially decide if you decide to yeah. do something with this, but if nobody can throw the ball and it's just then a, you just you just come back to who wants to play? Who, who wants, wants to, to win play the game? more? Yeah. And and the, you, we are far enough into the season where these two teams, the, Penn State's not twelve points better. I don't than, think than so. Rutgers. No, I don't think so. So I, 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 I mean, thought it was a crazy line. So I'll take the point. So that's yeah, twenty one I mean, twenty. So that's a what, what I'm going to call a weather under. And you know, not only Rutgers covers, but the outright win. Yeah. All right. Exciting, man. I kind of figured you would go really that route. I, I think I would go so far as even say I'd have been disappointed if you didn't yeah. pick Rutgers, but. 
All right, that leaves us with two afternoon games. All right, which one are we going to have? For oh, yeah, which one's going to be the Big Ten game of the week here? What's, we got to find this out. I've been, this has been you know, yep. killing me all week. Okay. I just can't wait. The, the anticipation. <laughs> let's, let's go. Who is it? First up, the number 12 Indiana Hoosiers hey, oh. traveling into Wisconsin to play the Badgers, the 16th ranked Badgers. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on A to the B to the C. Badgers by 14 and a half. What? 45.5 as the over-under. That's the lowest one on the page this week. So basically, Vegas is saying somewhere around a 30 to 14 game by Wisconsin. Weather, chilly, but clear. All right. So as we know, Michael Penix is out. So Jack Tuttle is that quarterback, which could explain that big line. I mean, that one jumped out at me, but then think, okay, we ha- we don't really know about Jack Tuttle yet. Wisconsin, number one rush defense. Indiana, number 12 rush offense, but it's been getting better, right? Don't you think it's been proven yes. a little bit? Okay. Indiana, rush D, number six. Wisconsin, rush offense, number three. Let's look at the def- the passes. Passing. Uh, Wisconsin, number one pass D. Indiana, number three pass offense. That's going to be fun to watch. Wisconsin is 10 in pass offense. Indiana's seven in pass D, and, and as we know, gets all those picks. Yeah. Loves the INTs. So uh, my brother saw this line, and his basic reaction was, dude, what's going on? Bet the house on the Hoosiers. And I kind of texted him and said, Watch that, you know, injury lineup for. I mean, Tuttle was five of five last week. He was efficient, but the, you know, they it looked to me like they didn't have a ton of confidence in him either because they were just they ran so many plays from the Wildcat. They, and by the time Tuttle came in, they were Maryland was of no threat at that point. Okay. So there, yeah. there was no need to put your quarterback in a position that would feel uncomfortable. You're not going to be able to hide him this week nope. versus Wisconsin. Not can't this do, Can't do that for no. a full game. Can't do that. I mean, I have written down here. I have zero. I have very little confidence in either quarterback, but I have a ton of confidence in both defenses. So, so you don't even have confidence in Mertz. You more, think- more, more confidence in Mertz. He's still a young guy. He is. I mean, he I didn't. Mean, I mean, it's last time we saw him, and I know that's North. But last time we saw him was versus Northwestern, and that was uh, three months ago, I believe. Right. We saw him. Okay. That that plays. And into think it. about if that was three months ago. Think about how long ago the Illinois game was when he tore up Illinois. Exactly. That's that was ancient history. Ago. Yeah. It's ancient. To a, is okay, but I know I, I don't know if you're being sarcastic now. But no, I, I'm serious. Okay. I believe. All right. P- point being is this. If you have a confusing defense to play as a young quarterback, it's kind of tough. What does uh, uh, Indiana have? Oh, I mean, great defense. Love their defense. Opportunistic. I mean, they, leading the country, I th- again, I think in interceptions. It's what they do. They bring those blitzes all the time from all over the field. Corner blitzes, they love those. And and the thing is, they usually get away with it. Like, they, it, they rarely get burned by those blitzes. That sounds like, to me, a very well-coached defense. Correct. On top of that, they have got pride just bursting from their chest. Yes. They they know that their their spiritual leader on offense is gone. What's that going to do? They're just going to bow up even more. Tommy Allen is going bonkers about <laughs> rallying around Tuttle and the Wildcat. And, oh, boy, we are going to have a game plan ready for the Badgers. Dude, they are they're coming for the I Badgers. Just, I know. I just don't know how much they can get done on offense. Yeah. I know. With Jack Tuttle. I, I just don't know. I mean, 
He's obviously going to have to play a, a, a really good game, mistake-free game. Not necessarily, you know, throw for 300, 400 yards, but he's going to have to be efficient. He is going to have to be efficient. And they're going to have to run the ball if they want to win this game. They're going to have to do something offensively yeah. to win the game, and it's hard for me to see that because kind of how, you know, we talked about with Ryan Day having two weeks to prepare – Paul Christ is also pretty good when you give him some extra time. He is going to dial up a couple plays that are going to be comfortable throws for his young quarterback to make. They're not going to get away from the rushing attack. They're going to try to move the ball. And I would think Jimmy Leonard with a couple weeks to try to disrupt a new starting quarterback. I, I feel pretty good about that, too. Yes, sir. What do you got? Okay. I do have Wisconsin winning this game, but I think Indiana has too much pride to get blown out of this blown up you know off the field so i got wisconsin winning 28 to 20 that's an indiana cover and an over all right pretty close uh you took all my talking points bingo like it's hard for me to see wisconsin losing this game mostly based on i just think their defense is going to be so disruptive in this game i've got wisconsin 24 indiana 17 so that's an under uh as low scoring that is that's only four and a half points under uh but i do have indiana and the points uh covering for them for themselves so that brings us to the here we go It's time for a little punting porn, ladies and gentlemen. We have got the 5-2, number 24-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes coming into Champaign, Illinois to play the 2-3 Fighting Illini. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on FS1. Hawks favored by 13.5. Over-under is 51. Vegas is saying 31-17 going to be 42 degrees and chilly it is going to be perfect punting weather inside the stadium yeah i was going to call it the special teams bowl yes could be the special teams bowl or just the punting bowl the uh, special teams are they're kind of little spider-man mimi oh yes des- like hey definitely we usually like to have special teams advantage here we i'm not sure we're gonna have it okay so if we've got the 25 should we just play- do an all special teams podcast is that oh god that'd be awesome <laughs> This would be our chance. And by the way, yeah, we know Indiana, Wisconsin is probably would most people have the Big Ten game of the week, but that's a 14 and a half point spread. Hey, this is our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want. And that's the other side of it, too. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time Illinois has been the game of the week in three years. And I'm damn sure the Iowa Illinois game is the first time that it's been well, yes, the Big Ten game. For of the sure. Week, so. It certainly was. We made it three years until we just basically did what we wanted to do. I, I think that's commendable. Okay, so but. right tackle Alex Pelcheski will be out of this game. He's out for the year for Illinois. He's their big run blocker on the right side. So okay. look for that. Um, so maybe we should do like an over-under. We got to do some over-under with the, with the punting, I think. Or, I don't think I could come up with something on the fly, but we'll get something on Twitter before game time. I, mean, I was just thinking like punts inside the 20, but then yes. like w- one guy may have way more punts, so maybe punt percentage inside the 20. Or how about like the closest down to the goal line? Okay. Wh- whoever whoever yes. has the closest like five-yard, four-yard line, three-yard line, how about that one? I'll take that. Okay. All right. What are we going to put on it? 
Um, put a bottle of bourbon. Bottle in of it. bourbon. Okay. Yep. For the closest to the goal line. God, I'm already for the whole out, day. I'm already picking out the bottle of bourbon in my head right now. <laughs> I might get crazy. I don't know. Well, I went crazy and bought some Clyde Mays for Thanksgiving because yeah. you know it's a holiday. Yeah. You went fancy with it. I went fancy. How'd it taste? It tasted great. It's although, a, a, I don't know. I just yeah. like my bullet. I know. Good for you. Like my bullet. All right. Um, I do think like. Who is this a good matchup for? To be honest with you, like you could make an argument that this is a pretty good matchup for each team. Yeah, I think you kind of could. I mean, obviously special teams are a wash here, but you've got the number one. I don't one... know about obvious. What's that? I don't know about obvious. Okay. You got the number one rush offense and the number two rush offense in the Big Ten. However, that's with total yards. So if yep. you're looking at points per game, Illinois is second in the conference and Iowa sixth. Crazy. But still pretty good rushing right. attacks, right? Yep. But then defensively, Iowa's got the number three rush defense and Illinois number 11 yeah, a rush defense. There. So, so to me, big advantage there, Iowa on the ground. Now, these are two bad passing teams. Iowa number 12 in passing offense, Illinois 14. But... You've got those two games where they've started their four-string quarterback, so they're probably it's probably about a toss-up, I would say. I I would maybe even go advantage. It, it might Illinois. be advantage Illinois there, but then Iowa has the number four pasty, Illinois number ten pasty. Yeah. So I feel like I do feel like Iowa has a slight advantage in both areas. I mean, to to kind of boil it down, we'll go offense defense first. When when the Illini have the ball, you know what I'm going to be looking for. The the last time we saw. Illinois, they were running all over Nebraska. Yeah, the the X's and O's displays that Big Boy put on that day was fantastic. I mean, it's it's one of the better games he's called in his time at Illinois. I I know that Lovey and the Illini players and staff they're pretty sick of losing this game to Iowa. So oh, yeah. I'm just saying, all the focus for the past two weeks, once they knew they weren't playing Ohio State, is on Iowa. With that being said. They did not know they weren't playing Ohio State until the very last minute, so they really didn't start in on the Iowa game plan right? They don't probably have a, until more normal time. They don't have a huge advantage there, but they will be rested Correct. versus Iowa. Whereas Iowa just got done playing a uh, very physical game. The other side of it, when Illinois... So I'm, I'm interested to see what the rushing attack looks like, the Illini rushing attack versus Iowa. The other side of it, though, the, the person that ran the ball and stung Iowa the most last year when those two teams played was Brandon Peters. Brandon Peters, yeah. So we just got – Iowa just got done playing a rushing quarterback. They, I mean, they they got got a taste of it. They better be game planning because I think, I think Peters surprised Phil Parker in the Iowa defense last year when yeah. he tucked and ran. Well, that was kind of his coming out party as a runner. That's when okay. he started pulling the ball. I mean, that was the big game where everyone's like – he can run too. Why aren't? Why haven't we been doing this? Interesting. I mean, okay. it, I don't know if it was the first one, but I mean, it, that was his best running game, I think, of, of the year last year. Okay. Um, I'm just curious about. I mean, I, okay. So I've said the Iowa team will go as far as Petrus can take them. So that's something I'm looking for. What kind of game does Petrus have? I mean, if you're gonna have a good game, this is a get right defense to have it against. Or okay. But I, we're starting to play Lovey Ball. Okay, there you go. Um, it is my gut feeling that I don't see the type of, of style of Iowa offense here to scheme and take shots down the field versus Illinois. Like, nah. I just – you, I, they don't feel comfortable doing that right now. Right. I applaud Brian Ferentz last week. He came out throwing the ball. And I know people think I'm going to – I'm crazy with that. But number one, I want to say – 
Don't fan bases say all the time, we should come out aggressive. We need to come out aggressive. That's what Iowa did versus Nebraska. It led to two, to 10 points right away. Sure. Brian Ferentz was correct in that they were trying to, sh- Nebraska was trying to shut down the run. The The passing lanes were open. Peters just didn't hit them. Sure. I think you might see the same thing here this week in that I would I would be shocked if Illinois didn't deploy the same thought process of we're going to make Spencer Petras beat us. Yeah, I think that's what they'll do. Okay. Now, my question, this is probably my biggest question the whole game. I know Illinois has got a good running offense. Can they do it against this Iowa defense? I think, it, I think there's a that's a big question. It's huge. I, I don't know. I just don't know if they can do it, especially with Palcho out of the lineup. I mean, I think they'll get their yards. I just don't think they can gash them. And let's say let's say they they can't run the ball. Can can Peters win the game with his arm? I don't I don't know. I mean, I think there's plays to be made with with a matter Bebe, but the plays that I saw them making versus Nebraska, I mean, nothing against Peters, but like I don't think he's making those throws as consistently throughout his career. Like those were just perfectly placed back shoulder throws. Oh, gosh. I mean, he was just on fire. It was that his best day. game. It was his best game throwing the ball easily. I think it would take a game like that again for him to light up Iowa's defense through the air. Like I just it it when he the first week, I mean, we uh, last podcast we compared Northwestern, Iowa, and Wisconsin's defense. Like, which one's the best? Haven't played Northwestern yet. When he played Wisconsin, yikes! That was oh. that was a that was a poor uh, offense all around. Can Iowa have that type of of game versus the Illinois offense? It's possible. I mean, you, we could see it. I guess it's possible. I don't know though. I I, I think Illinois will. I think they can run the ball. I just don't think they can run it enough Agreed. to get the job done here. Well, or just enough to take over the game. I, but I will say this: this is going to come down to two things because I'm 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 mostly saying a wash on on offense. Okay, okay. I think I was I think I was return game been a little bit better, especially part return. Uh, wait, are you allowed to return the ball? I didn't know that. <laughs> is that you a new what? rule? That's a good point. We, we might not have any returns in this game. Well, I guess my point was. Our Illinois return game is just bad right now. That's okay. That's I mean, what I'm saying. We have we have good special teams mostly, but especially punt return. We don't have anyone that can catch the ball and then advance the ball forward. That's the problem. Is it's the catching and advancing is the problem. Whereas I always got Charlie Jones. He's good yes. at both. So he, I do think very that is a factor in this game. It was huge last week versus Nebraska. So he who rushes the ball better is going to have a gigantic leg up in this game. But I tell you the the other factor that is just huge in this game, turnovers. Whoever wins yeah. the turnover battle will win this football game. Yeah, okay. That's probably right. I was good for one. And it's probably in the form of a Spencer Petrus pick. We can probably live with that. Sure. But it's pretty much got to be limited to that because you know Lovey is going to be preaching stripping and going Absolutely. after the ball. So don't give them the chance to do that. And by the way, Jake Hansen is having himself another great season, especially. Stri- and Kalen Tolson now is coming on with the stripping, too. There is something about that. Lovey just has a knack for teaching that. It's really amazing. Of course, it's not lock. It, it, it's happened two, three no, years it, it, in it a is row not, now. It is not lock. Okay. What do you but got? okay, I still just go back to Illinois running the ball. Can they run the ball enough to win this game? I just don't think they can against that great Iowa front. So I'm going with an Iowa victory here. I'm going 28 to 14. Okay. So that's an Iowa covered by a half point, but that's an under. 
So the first prediction in the eyes bowl that is, is made by Big Kurt. Pretty darn close to you okay. right now. Good game. If any Iowa fans think this is going to be just a walkaway win, I don't think you're paying attention. I'm going to go so far as to say this. If you got a hankering for money line bets that pay off, this is a definite game to look at for a money line bet. Okay. Right? I mean, this isn't crazy to think Illinois turns Iowa over, catches them in a good no, spot, sure. they and could... beats them. Two weeks, two weeks off, Iowa coming off a physical game. Illinois could win this game. 100%. And the, the, the other thing we haven't brought up yet is Illinois played Iowa so tough last year. For sure. In Iowa City. And they got the previous year, the 63 nothing. they still have the sting of that game. Most of these players, and dude, it's coming, they were and in it's, that game. And it's coming back to Champaign, where the, it's where back the, to Champaign. Where the massacre happened two years ago. Yes. So I think all those things play in. With that being said, I've got faith in Iowa's defense yeah. a lot. Me too. I, I, I think Iowa will be able to run the ball. I'm going so. under the assumption that the turnovers are going to be one or zero. So if that's the case, Iowa 27 Illinois 17, so that's an under, but taking a, the Illini plus the points. All righty. And everybody always asks us every every year, are you guys going to watch the game together? We never have, and we won't this year either. No, we've never watched this game together. No, I think we could pull it off. Oh, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, there's not many dudes of other fan bases of the Big Ten that I could say that yeah. about. I can't imagine one Iowa State fan in the world. I would watch an Iowa State game with. I've got an Iowa State fan that you wouldn't mind watching with. I'll I'll take that challenge. Okay. I I don't think I would like it. I could list off many other uh, fan fans of teams that I just don't think. I just don't think it would be a good idea. Why Why would you? Why would anybody put themselves through that type of deal? Yeah. No. You. I guess there's just no point, right? Yeah. I'm hoping for a good game. I'm. 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to be cheering for Iowa, but. If there was an upset win that Iowa gave away to a team, Illinois would be my choice. Well, so, thank you, man. Yeah, we'll see and what it, happens. It's been a while since we won this game. I don't even know I last time. this was... would be seven in a row for Iowa. If Is that it? It's only seven? I think. I, I mean, I can't even remember last year that Illinois won this game. I think there was some sort of like break from it, too. I believe the last time Illinois has lost to Iowa was, uh, or Iowa's lost to Illinois. 2008, I, I believe it was 2008. Okay. I guess um, yeah. Right? But there was a break in the series. Was there? I think that's kind of what we're talking about. I mean, I about. know Illinois won in 08. Yeah, I think that's the last time. That's I think the, it was 08. That's the last I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Remember where It's I just watched. weird that they there would have been a handful of years in there that they wouldn't have played. Yeah, that was back in the Leaders Legends Right, so which, stuff. which one was Iowa in? <laughs> I think I remember. <laughs> I tried to strike, it, strike that from my memory as much as I can. I mean, I, I always think it's ironic. Illinois was in the Leaders. Because they're not leaders, but they had legends. They they were more legends. Yeah, yeah but they were in the leaders that's division. That's a really good point. I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> I'm just glad that's not our divisions anymore. Uh, you were in the L division, I think, right? One of the L, one of the one that started the L. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.